Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Rivers Casino. And let's bring in an Emmy award-winning sports analyst, NFL analyst, author, and of course, he was on The Bachelor. I mean, you're everywhere. Emmanuel Acho, the former Eagles linebacker. It's good to see you again. What's up, brother? You know what? I love that my resume included Eagles at the end because of the things that I've done since then. So life is good, brother. It's good to see you. It is pretty amazing what you've done and the career that you've had after football. The Eagles were your last team in the NFL. So congrats to you on everything you're doing. Thank you, man. It was um, it's been a journey, and my time with the Eagles, obviously, the ups and the downs prepared me for the ups and the downs of the real world. But life has been a lot greener and a lot more successful based upon worldly accomplishments outside the NFL. Well, yeah, you've you've done some great things, and we see the Emmys there. So congratulations on all that. And 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 I saw your breakdowns on Twitter. And I thought they were fantastic because, you know, the Eagles, they changed over their defensive play caller to Matt Patricia. And on that final drive, a 92-yard touchdown drive from Drew Locke. What did you think happened to the Eagles' defense there? Is it more personnel or scheme? Great question. Combination of both. Um, The first thing is you have to remember that the edge rushers got tired. That's a 10-play drive. Just because there's an incomplete pass doesn't mean it was an incomplete rush. So as I'm sitting there watching Hassan Reddick, who usually can win one-on-one with relative ease, Reddick wasn't winning. Flip side, Josh Sweat. Sweat wasn't winning. Now, I can't blame them for not winning after the fifth and sixth rush because you all have to imagine there comes a point in time where you're just tired. Receivers, they run off the field. New receivers run on. Tight ends run off the field. New tight ends run on. Offensive linemen, they kick step about five to seven yards. After the ball is gone, they don't have to sprint down the field. Edge rushers, on the other hand, you sprint, and then after the ball is gone, you got to sprint. The Eagles, in my mind, didn't do a good enough job rotationally on that final drive. Now, the dilemma is the moment you pull Reddick out and say you put in an ailing Nolan Smith, because if you remember, he got hurt later on in the game, you put in an ailing Nolan Smith. Now, if you get scored on, you're like, ah, but what if we would have had Reddick in? Problem number one. Problem number two. Defensive coordinator Matt Patricia, he ain't called plays in a long time, and it showed. In my breakdown on Twitter, I went through the all the 10 plays of the game. Because what I don't like, John Clark, is you see people screen grab one play. What the hell was Bradbury doing? How'd he get beat? You see him screen grab another play. Oh, I can't believe. Nope, nope, nope. I showed you all 10. If you noticed all 10, on second and 10, there were two of them. Matt Patricia made the exact same play call on the final two second and tens. That didn't burn the Eagles. He made the exact same play call on the final two third and tens. That burned the Eagles. Listen to the Drew Locke interview with Lisa Salter's post game. Drew Locke said, 
He said he went in that huddle and he told Jax, Jackson Smith and Jigba, hey, if we get one-on-one, I'm going to throw it to you. But Drew Locke also said, Shane told him in the headset, Shane, I believe their OC, told him in the headset, hey, beware of the one-on-one. How you know one-on-one's coming? Because Shane, their OC, I think it's Shane Waldron, he knows, oh, on third and 10 beforehand, they showed us a one-high look. They showed us like a one-cut, one-robber look. Third and 10 again, expect it. So Matt Patricia, in my mind, he just got outsmarted. Why did he get outsmarted? He ain't called plays in a long time. You can't call the exact same play call on second and 10 and on third and 10, four plays apart. You can't do it. Now, the other truth of the matter is, and I've been watching way too much tape, that's why I got way too much to say. The other truth of the matter is, that's also a bad play call on third and 10. Third and 10, they got one timeout, run cover two. You run cover two, you play a soft cover two. Remember, they needed a touchdown, not a field goal. That's huge. Run cover two. Soft cover two, they would have thrown the check down to their tight end. Uh, Number 87 or 84 was in at the time. Tackle it. Dude, burn clock, burn clock. Make him use a timeout. Just run cover two, bro. You're sitting here running man like a third. That The call that Matt Patricia called, uh, Clark, is a third and six or less play call, John Clark. It's a third and six or less play call. He called it on third and 10. You, You can't make the call. Yeah, and, and that is a great breakdown. And, and being in the locker room after the game, I asked James Bradbury about it, and he said he was playing the sticks. Now, in my mind, I'm asking you as a former defensive player or linebacker, if you're playing the sticks, isn't the, the number one thing you got to defend is the touchdown? This is why I love this conversation. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but you don't know all the nuances. That's why I love this conversation. All right, so John Clark, here's the truth. If a coach makes a play call, he's making a play call for a situation. So if coach calls one robber, which is essentially what that call was, that is a play the sticks play call. That's why it's a bad play call. Because, yes, you are supposed to defend the touchdown. But that play call tells you defend the sticks. You track one. I don't know if I can make this clear because it's hard. You, you kind of got to know the nuances of ball. But You're supposed to defend the touchdown, but that play call inherently says defend the sticks. So if you give me a defend the sticks play call, even though I'm supposed to defend the touchdown, two things must happen. I have to cognitively in 35 seconds when the play clock is expiring, realize, hey, override the play call and defend the touchdown, or I got to defend the sticks. That's why the play call is bad, bro. If you're watching, they're in press man on third and 10. Why are they in press man on third and 10? Now, the two corners were not in press man. They were, they, they were not. Um, the cornerback on the other side might have been 39. It's 32, Ricks. 39. Ricks? Eli Ricks, yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I, I watch game tapes. So I know numbers more than I know names. Cornerback <laughs> on the other side might have been 39. He was eight yards off and bailing. He was like, I ain't getting beat for a time. I mean, he's, he's in an instant pedal. On the flip side, Bradbury was like seven yards off in a slow bail. They're playing this. Sticks because a play call said play the sticks. You exactly, track- so exactly, totally. So you got to have two safeties back, right? Because Reed Blankenship, the other safe, this is the one safety that's back. He was kind of on the other side. He had to come too far of away. Yes. Now here's the dilemma with that. You got DK on the other side. Where are you gonna lean? You feel mm-hmm. me? Like yeah. if DK's on the other side, and I believe DK may have been in the slot. I don't even think DK was at number one. I think DK may have been on the other side at the number two receiver position. For the listeners, that's in between the tight end and the outside receiver. You got to lean that way. But here was the other problem. Their second and 10 play call, I believe, was what we call two-man. That's man-to-man, 
on the other knee, and both safeties are high. The problem with that is you end up with safeties covering grass. They're just both high. What I would have preferred is a call we call cover five. Everybody is in man-to-man. But instead of both safeties being high, both safeties choose a player on their side of the ball to double team. So if y'all can visualize a two-by-two formation, two receivers on one side, two receivers on the other side, visualize it with me. You have Ricks covering uh, Metcalf. You got uh, Morrow covering Fant, the tight end. On the other side, you got uh, 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 Bradbury covering Lockett. And you got uh, your nickel or whoever covering the slot receiver, right? Everybody's in man. Now what you would do, you would take uh, Blankenship and you would take Bayard. And you would say, hey, I'm going to double DK on one side and I'm going to double Jackson Smith and Jigba on the other side. But the problem, John Clark, they just had two safeties high on their second and 10 calls covering grass. So even had they called two man, I believe they still would have gotten beat. Because I don't like that play call either. I like cover five in that situation, so you declare your double teams, or I like cover two in that situation, so you force the check down. Hey, this is great stuff, but but, but let me ask you a, a big question. We saw James Bradbury last year was one of the better cornerbacks, second team all pro. This year, can you have him in man coverage? It's a good question. Um. You can, but it depends on who. You track with me? Like, remember, even last year, Debo Samuel said Bradbury was sorry. And all Eagles fans were like, you just mad. You just mad because we beat you. You just mad, Debo. You just mad. No, no, no. I turned on the tape. And on to go back and rewatch the NFC Championship game. I encourage everybody to do so. And only watch the uh, 49ers first drive. The play that Brock Purdy gets hurt. Ayuk cooks Bradbury but Reddick won so fast that nobody noticed. Don't get it twisted, bruh. Like, Bradbury last year wasn't like, he wasn't all that. He was good, a good player. I'm not going, I'm not, he is a good player. But like, even when he got all pro and Slade didn't, it was like, hmm, what y'all doing? Keep in mind, all pro voters, they don't all watch all that much tape. By the grace of God, I'm an MVP and all pro voter this year, but I watch tape like it's my job. I mean, I'm sitting here watching tape more than I did in the league. Now, let me answer your real question. Can he play man? I'd want Bradbury to play man on DeAndre Hopkins. Bigger, but not as fast. I want Bradbury to play man on Julio Jones. I would want Bradbury to play man on um, maybe even like Odell Beckham lost a little bit of a step. You know what I mean? I do not want Bradbury to play man on 436 Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. I probably don't want him to play man on Tyler Lockett. Bro, keep in mind, when he played man on DK and DK ran that slant on him, perfect position. Boom, in his chest, inside position, DK made a miraculous catch. Shout out to DK. So I like Bradbury playing man on receivers who aren't trying to take the top off. Hey, celebrity cook Steve Martirano is bringing his Italian-American cooking back home to Philly, where it started. Enjoy Martirano's Prime at Rivers Casino and Steve's famous meatballs with Sunday gravy, prime steaks, and more. So make reservations for Martirano's Prime on open table. I've been to the one in Fort Lauderdale. I'm glad it's back in Philly. 
this is fascinating stuff. And I love how into it you are from breaking down the film. So for, for looking at the Eagles now, here in Philadelphia, you played here. You know how it is. Is it panic time watching what's happened with this team over the last three games? Absolutely. But here's what I love about being a former Eagles player, but now like an uh, objective anal analyst. Of course it's panic time, but it's not that it's panic time. I'm always trying to answer the question of why. I love doing a show with Shady every day. Shady's all-time leading rusher. His jersey's going to get retired. He'll probably go into the Hall of Fame. So Shady's always like, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. But I'm like, Shady, you got to tell me why. So I will tell you all why it's panic time. It's panic time because you've changed your defensive coordinators. Changing your defensive coordinators means one thing on the field, but I don't know what's going on between those four walls. When Chip Kelly got fired, from everything I heard, Jerry Azanero, the essentially defensive coordinator at the time, he wasn't really, but he might as well have been, he stopped going to work. Like, I don't know what's occurring when you say, hey, Desai, you're out, Patricia, you're in. Remember, the Eagles defensive backs coach last year went to the Ravens. Why? You know this better than anybody. And the next Sirianni couldn't work it out. Because he got passed up for the job. He wanted to be the D.C., passed him up, he gone. So now think about all the people in that building who have been there either for two, three years or who at least came in February. You're going to pass them up and make Patricia, who showed up in April, the D.C.? I don't know who, what attitudes you got in the building. That's the first thing. If I can take you all to a meeting room for a second. You got your coaches watching tape. I mean, I don't know why the hell, I don't know why the hell Patricia got us doing this. If I were to DC, I wouldn't do it. You know what? Look, I'll cover you. Just play it like this next time. That's how it goes, bro. Like th there's sometimes a subordinate doesn't want to be a subordinate. That's the first reason it's panic time. Second reason it's panic time. My dog, Darius Slay, he just had surgery. Landon Dickerson, I think he just had surgery. Jalen Hurts, he's sick. You know what I'm saying? It's like that also doesn't help. So you're hoping Dickerson comes back full strength. You're hoping Slay comes back full strength. Next reason is panic time. Other reason is panic time, and I said this, bro, the Eagles this year aren't as good as last year's Eagles. What position group this year is better than last year's? Quarterback, no. Offensive line, heck no. Running back room, no. DeAndre Swift is more talented than Miles Sanders, but the output, it is not the same. Defensive line, hell no. Linebacker court, hell no. Safeties, nope. Cornerbacks, no, but shout out to Darius Slay and shout out to the wide receiver room. I think Darius Slay's play this year is on par with this Slay last year, and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith's play on par with theirs. But, y'all, I just named about eight position rooms, and tight end, no, because uh, Goddard's been hurt. So I just named about eight position groups, and two of them have been as good as they were last year? Like, I'm not making this stuff up. It's just, right, I, got, I got the one group. Talk to me. Jake Elliott, Britton Covey. <laughs> <laughs> punt returns so special teams better yeah that's it that's and it special teams i was a special teams player so i respect special teams but then offensive coordinator ain't been as good defensive coordinator ain't been as good nick sirianni has had to do more because his coordinators haven't been as good the sirianni hasn't been as good so let uh, me ask you this let me ask you this that's a great point that's a great point do you think the biggest losses you lost like half your defense to free agency but do you think your biggest losses were the coordinators thousand percent and the reason i think they're the biggest losses is because when sean mcveigh loses a coordinator they're running sean mcveigh's offense he can afford to lose a coordinator zach taylor can go to the Bengals and become a head coach 
Kevin O'Connell can go to the Vikings and become a head coach, but it's still McVay's offense. Kyle Shanahan, he can afford to lose a coordinator. Mike McDaniel can leave, but it's still Kyle Shanahan's offense. When Steichen left, bruh, I don't know whose offense it is, but it's not Sirianni's because the offense looks too different. When the Niners lose Robert Sala, they have D'Amico Ryans, but D'Amico Ryans was under Sala, so it's the same defense. The Niners replaced them with Steve Wilkes. Remember, they were in tension. Uh, keep in mind, I covered the night. Steve Wilkes called me personally because I called him out and I was like, yo, the Niners got to replace Steve Wilkes. And we had an off the record conversation that I can't share with y'all. But essentially, the Niners had some tension too. They have since gotten things fixed. So I think the two biggest losses are coordinators, third, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, and so when you specifically look at those losses on defense and TJ Edwards left as well. Um, and Avante Maddox has been hurt. I think that's been huge, especially when they face uh, slot receivers and CD Lamb and stuff like that. But biggest concern for you at this point for the Eagles is it the defense or is it the offense? Because let me just let me just remind you, the offense came back with most of the same players, almost all of them except for Miles Sanders, basically, and they lost Isaac Sayamalo. But what's bigger right now? Bigger concern for you? Defense. Defense can't stop a nosebleed. They can't. I mean, I can't stop a nosebleed with a towel. You feel me? Like, it's, it's a defense. And the reason is the linebackers are not playing well. And full transparency, I don't know what the linebacker ceiling is. Again, if nothing else, I was a really smart linebacker. I would do Michael Kendrick's prep before the game because I didn't have the athleticism, but I had the mind. Linebackers aren't playing well. And um, I don't know I don't know their ceiling. Um, the defensive line. Because the back end isn't as strapping up as well, they're not locking up as well, defensive line isn't getting home as frequently. Um, it's safety. You don't have the playmakers that you had last year. And then what nobody's talking about, they don't have the muscle. And I don't mean strength. I mean enforcer. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was the enforcer. He was a little crazy, but he was the enforcer. You feel me? Like, he was a dude who, like, dang, you, you, you kind of had to know where he was. A little crazy on a football field, but he was the enforcer. Look no further than the Super Bowl when he smacked Pacheco. I mean, smacked him. Yeah. Who's the Eagles enforcer, bro? Who's the Eagles' hardest hitter? Well, I'll tell you, you got a young guy named Sidney Brown, but here's the problem you see when you're playing some of these younger guys. His aggressiveness can work against him. And, and you saw some missed tackles. You saw maybe not staying home sometimes. So I, I, I feel you on that. I agree. And, and, and the biggest concern, though, I got to say, your defense is going to be run by your defensive line. That's how the Eagles defense goes. And you're not getting the same pressure from Josh Sweat. You're not getting the same pressure from Hassan Reddick and in the middle as well. Jordan Davis is just a guy. He's going to stop the run, but you're missing that, you know, the, the push up the middle and Javon Hargrave not being here. Um, it's twofold though, bro. That's the problem is like, Let's talk run defense first. Obviously, I know we got to wrap soon, but no, no, we don't defense. have to wrap. If you got to wrap, you got to wrap, but we don't have to. Your, um, your <laughs> linebackers aren't coming downhill fast enough in the run game. What's that mean? When your linebackers come downhill faster, the offensive linemen that are double teaming the defensive linemen in route to the linebackers, they have to leave those double teams quicker. So if your linebackers are passive, then the double teams stay on the defensive line longer, and that just makes for a leaky run defense. So I, that's the first problem with the run defense is linebackers aren't coming downhill fast enough. Now, it might be a schematic thing. I don't know what they're preaching to the linebackers. I don't know what the D.C. is saying. They might be saying, hey, flow and be patient, be patient, be patient. I prefer the Jim Schwartz style of play. Get the F 
downhill, take the double teams off Fletcher Cox, Jalen Rager, Jordan Davis, and number 93. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, that's Milton Williams. Problem. Yep. Milton Williams. His first yep. problem. From a pass rushing perspective, I mean, Reddick still got, I think, 11 on the season. You feel me? Like, Reddick's still making noise when he can, but bro, last year BG had 10. Hargrave had 10. Reddick had about 16, 19. Sweat had about 13. Like, everybody was eating. This year, it's just not the same because dudes are getting open quicker. Coverage hasn't been as good. Coverage has been softer. I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this stat, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had more intercept, had the same amount of interceptions last year through week 14 as the whole team does. What are yes. we talking about? No, you're right. And, and, and look, I mean, when, you, when a team goes to the Super Bowl and you have that many free agents and you lose that many free agents, it's going to hit you. So when you look at all these issues and – 10 and one, we saw, we saw some of the slippage. Then when you have Jalen hurts really for the first time, call out some people when he says we don't have enough commitment right now. What did you think of that? I didn't love it. And I didn't love it because now he's given space for you to talk about it and me to talk about it. You feel me? Like I didn't love it. Um, I think out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So clearly some. It means something. I don't know, though. I don't, bro. It's so interesting inside the locker room. He could be talking about guys not studying enough film, guys leaving practice early, or he could be talking about the small details. I didn't love it, but I would be lying if I told you I knew what he was talking about. We don't know. I just know he's talking about something, but also, Hurts ain't been playing well. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it ain't like Hurts been balling. Yeah. Ain't, ain't, nobody, ain't nobody balling. Yeah, and he did say it starts with him. So with Jalen and, and the turnovers, obviously, tied for the most in the NFL, that's a big problem. Maybe didn't need to take that shot to Quez Watkins when you're moving the ball pretty well. Um, and the fact that it was Quez Watkins. But what do you think is the issue with him? Have defenses changed the way they're playing him? How do you think they've adjusted? It's, it's twofold, twofold. And I, I do got to go on this question. I got to get ready for my daily shows. Twofold. Number one. You have a whole offseason now to prepare to stop Jalen Hurts. After Jalen Hurts' second season, nobody cared about Jalen Hurts because he wasn't that good. So defensive coordinators are still thinking about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, amongst others. Now after last year, gosh, we got to stop Jalen Hurts. Go back and look at week one last year versus the Detroit Lions. Lions had Jalen Hurts on like third and eight, third and ten. He picks up freaking like 15, 20 yards on the ground based on a play call. Jalen Hurts isn't getting those trash play calls anymore. You're not going to call man-to-man on third and long versus Jalen Hurts, have everybody turn their back. So he's not getting stuff as easy. Now, let's have an uncomfortable conversation, if we may. Um, last year, Jalen Hurts Last year, Jalen Hurts was an incredible winner. He wasn't a statistically incredible player. Uh, wait a second. He was the best deep ball passer in the league. Don't I don't like when somebody has to parse out a statistic to make a point. This dude has the best QBR. Define QBR. Oh, this dude has the best passer rating. Uh, define. He was the best deep ball pass. I don't give a F. Uh, since what are you talking about? Oh, well, he's the best short ball pass. He's the best deep ball pass. I don't care. Now, he's an incredible winner. An incredible, incredible, incredible winner. That may be all that matters. Here is my concern. 16 touchdowns. 22 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns. Those are the passing touchdowns. Now, 
Rushing touchdowns absolutely count. Can the Eagles tush push themselves to a Super Bowl? Maybe. Maybe they absolutely can. But 16 touchdowns, 22 touchdowns, 19 touchdowns. Can they tush push themselves to the Super Bowl? I hope they can. I was in Minnesota when they won the Super Bowl. I was on a field post-game interviewing the guys, taking pictures. I hope they can. But the dilemma at hand is, bro, like, you need more output. You need, bro, you need more output. 19 passing touchdowns is not good enough. 22, if we're being honest, it's not good enough. Because I'll say this and then I'll shut the heck up with it. Cam Newton had 10 rushing touchdowns, but he also had 35 passing. Lamar Jackson had eight rushing touchdowns when he won MVP. But he also had 36 passing. So what I want is keep them rushing touchdowns, Hurts. But let's also do more. Let's be more efficient through the air. Make your life easier. Because now what's been the issue all season? My dude has a knee injury. He does. Call it what it is. He has a knee injury. And because of that knee injury, he hasn't been as effective. I would always rather fly than drive. What that means, I would always rather pass than run. Why drive when you can fly? So speaking of the Eagles, let's get to flying. It's easier for everybody. I totally agree, and that's why Nick Sirianni was hired. It's a passing league. So let me finish with this question for you. For Eagles fans here in Philadelphia, now you got the soft schedule, three games in the regular season against the Giants and Cardinals, and I saw the Cowboys on the road again in Buffalo. They can't win on the road. So if the Eagles win the division, and let's say the Cowboys come here in the divisional round, they get a home playoff game the first game, can this team still get to an NFC title game? Of course, of course. If the Eagles don't have to see the Niners, until the title game, of course. If we're being real, like, Lions, I, I don't believe in them with all due respect. Um, Seahawks, my dog Quandre Diggs over there, I don't believe in them with all due respect. And when I say believe in them, believe in them to get to a Super Bowl. Um, Vikings, with all due respect, I don't believe they'll get to a Super Bowl. Packers, with all due respect, I don't. It's the Eagles, Cowboys, Niners. Eagles can beat the Cowboys. They can beat them. It's just, call it what they can beat them. Lane Johnson, he can... Hold point enough against Micah Parsons. I don't think Lane Johnson's fully healthy. I don't. Um, I think he can hold point. Eagles can beat the Cowboys. They, they just can't. Now, can the Eagles beat the Niners? No. Not until something changes. And it's not Acho's opinion. Turn on the tape. So can the Eagles beat the Niners? No. Not barring injury. Can they beat the Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I agree with you. The Niners, I believe, are the best team in football. And that's just somebody who doesn't watch the tape as much as you do. So. Niners are like that, bro. Like it's the Eagles, though. Here's my thing, and and and, and truth be told, and I know I, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. I don't even like the fact that the Eagles are playing three week opponents to end the season. I don't like it because when you play weak opponents, you can mask your deficiencies. Brian Johnson can get away with calling a vanilla game plan against the Giants because the Giants don't have the players. Matt Patricia can get away with calling press man on third and ten because the Giants don't have the quarterback. So you'll start practicing bad habits because you can get away with it. You feel me? Whereas if you're playing a better team, <clears throat> you can't get away with the bad habits. So being honest, I don't like the three games going into the playoffs. I wish they were tougher because it, it would make the Eagles have to play better as opposed to now you might win three straight. You going into playoffs, you feeling good, you feeling good, you feeling great. And then you got to play maybe the two. You might have to play the Seahawks or some BS. And now you can't get away with press, man, because DK's out there. Jackson Smith is out there. Tyler Lockett's out there. So I don't I don't actually love it. Full transparency as somebody who wants to see the Eagles go far. This, to me, doesn't prepare them to go far. 
Well, I'm really looking to see if the teammates respond to Jalen Hurts for the first time ever publicly calling out some players or a group of guys on the team. We'll see if they respond to that. Be well, brother. Thanks for having me, dude. You're the best. Hey, congratulations on all your success. That last part was an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> nice job with those books. And uh, you're an Emmy Award-winning analyst for FS1. So we'll be watching you here in Philly. We appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Peace. Oh, I'm so flagrant.